and welcome to episode 104 of GameSpot's official podcast, the GameSpot After Dark podcast. My name is Tomo Hussain and I'm joined by Jean-Luc Sapke. How many days has it been where we haven't recorded this After Dark at this point? I think we, if, if we were using that as a measure of what our name was, we would have to legally change it to GameSpot during daytime. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I, could be, I could be down with During that. During daytime. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that voice was, of course, the dulcet tones of Jordan Ramey. I have never once heard anyone describe my voice that way. <laughs> also, put that on my business cards. <laughs> also, someone with a beautiful voice. It is the one and only Michael P. Oh. The P stands for Pino. Hi, I'm Pino. You know the fucking vibes. Oh man, I'm still alive and I'm still here. So as long as I am, y'all motherfuckers got to listen to me. So uh, <laughs> wouldn't enjoy. have it any other way, Michael. Um, wouldn't have it mm. any other way. Of course, another week means another set of uh, what we've been playing, uh, the news, and then listener questions. So we're going to go into the first segment, which is going to be a nice catch-up on everything we've been experiencing. And little teaser, we've got some video games. Catch-up. we got some TV shows. Mm. we got some old mm. games. we got some new games. Mm. We're going to go That's first. Yeah. We're going to go first with Jean-Luc. Jean-Luc, hey. what have you been up to? I've been up to a bunch of things. Um, I'll start with uh, the newest game that is out, uh, I believe, uh, yesterday. was at the time of this recording. Um, and that is The Ascent, which is Ooh. a uh, up-to-four-player isometric twin-stick shooter cyberpunk RPG bonanza. It's a lot of things. Um, and it's okay. Uh, Damn. Sick. <laughs> Damn. I had such high hopes. <laughs> Sometimes it's okay. It's okay to be uh, okay. Yeah, with some caveats. So our review, I believe, uh, Tam, our review should be up by now, right? Um, yes, it should be. If it isn't, then something has gone terribly wrong, and everything is fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, uh, I'll just I'll just say that our reviewer uh, didn't was pretty mixed on it. Didn't really care for it. Found it to be sort of a chore to play through. The, rev the review is up. The review is up. The review um, is up. Okay, Yeah, good. it was yes. written by Justin Clark, frequent uh, reviewer on GameSpot.com, who gave it a six. Yeah. Um, I I have been enjoying my time more than Justin. Uh, granted, I've only played five hours, as opposed to the 26 that Justin put into the game to beat it. So I'm kind of curious if if it eventually outstays its welcome or kind of... Uh, well, a big point of contention was that the combat felt very... Uh, uneven and had these large difficulty spikes which i personally didn't feel when i was playing uh so i'm curious if that becomes a problem later uh but for me the thing that was keeping me drawn in well well for one uh, i was playing at couch co-op with my partner which is a ton of fun um like you know you, you can do up to four players like i said and there's just something really satisfying about like the two of us running around this like grungy uh, sci-fi cyberpunk city uh you know spending time like you know looting upgrading our characters like team working together so i definitely think the game is probably a better experience co-op and mm -hmm. and you should mm -hmm. definitely try playing a co-op if you can it's on game pass so uh i feel like that will make it actually hopefully pretty easy it goes for up to you to four player co-op yes right? it goes I up think? to four okay. players yeah 
Um, so hopefully, like, because it's on Game Pass, that could be an easy thing to, like, justify. Like, hey, you should download it and let's play it together and try it out. Um, what I love about it is its cyberpunk world is, like, gorgeous. Just absolutely stunning looking. It is, it is yeah. so, so well realized. It is fucking filthy man like it is this impressive <laughs> atmosphere like streets every, is nasty everywhere you walk it's just you know piles and piles of garbage like everything looks just so worn out and and rusty it is it's wonderfully realized and and um i will avoid comparisons to the other big cyberpunk game that came out uh as, I, don't, I don't know i don't know them uh, i don't know her i don't know her <laughs> but but i found the world of ascent more compelling i think than 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 uh cyber, cyberpunk 2077 in the sense that it, it Something about like just how bleak and grungy the world is and is was really like uh, putting me in in its space in a way that that cyberpunk didn't quite do. Uh, the premise is essentially you uh, are on this planet that is pretty much owned purely by these mega corporations in classic cyberpunk fashion. The uh, corporation you work for is called the ascent group and you are an indent which is essentially an indentured servant you're basically a slave for them and you just have cool, to like cool, cool, cool. you start the game working in the Sick. sewers and you're like yeah i gotta go fix the sewer system because my boss is yelling at me um love that love, love that, that. <laughs> uh, but then when you get back the uh they're like oh the company uh it defaulted it's gone bankrupt uh no one can contact any of the board members and we're all fucked we're all screwed uh and so then the premise of the game is basically you going around and kind of uh working with your boss to try and salvage what you can like we need to get like supplies we need to get food because we like without the company everything is literally going to fall apart and we need to just like find a way to make this work and keep the community afloat and then uh, along the ways there is like the mystery of like well what did happen to the board and why why did the company default because it's like this unprecedented thing that just happened so i think it's got a really compelling hook uh i i like the uh i like the characters i like the dialogue so far um i i i find it to be a personally i find it to be like a really compelling world it it is really like depressing um but cheeky in that kind of cyberpunk way so like you got to be into that that genre and that sort of style of storytelling um if you're looking for something like a little more like optimistic and and uh less crude this isn't the game for you um, but I, I, I was really enjoying the story and, and found that to be like a, a big thing that was like pushing me forward. The combat is solid. It's a, it's not as precise as you'd want maybe for a twin stick shooter. It, it doesn't, it's by no means the best twin stick shooter I've, I've played, but I found it serviceable enough. And I found, um, the mix and matching with your different abilities and working with your, um, with uh, like my partner in co-op to be like really fun and satisfying. And there's a mm. lot of cool uh, like augments you can get where you can like do like a punch that just makes people explode 
or um you know all sorts of different like weapons that have uh you know like okay this weapon will work well against this enemy type and you can kind of mix and match with your with your uh buddies and and kind of plan stuff out um it's actually got like a uh like a cover system which is kind of interesting so because the game's actually pretty hard and you're like okay sometimes you just need to really bunker down so you can actually like crouch to get in cover and then you can do like over the shoulder like shoot behind the wall cover which is kind of interesting uh the game has like uh by default you have a hip fire cover where you shoot enemies and that's for shooting like enemies that are kind of lower of height but if there are um you can also hold down the trigger and then you'll like aim up and do like an iron sights and your aiming will be more precise but you'll be aiming up so you actually can't shoot enemies that are like small and like crawling after you which is interesting it, it kind of like it it's asking you to think just enough in its combat to be engaging but not like too complex because at the end of the day you, you it's still just a twin stick shooter where you're just shooting everybody mm. um so yeah so the part where it kind of becomes just sort of okay because all that sounds pretty great and we were having a really good time uh for one it is hella buggy it's really 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 buggy mm. um i'm i'm hopeful that they've patched they, they put out a day one patch that hopefully fix some of that stuff i'll get into that in a sec but um in in our time playing it uh we were having all sorts of weird uh like menu glitches oh there's this really weird menu glitch where we went to a shop and uh, because we're playing couch co-op, we couldn't both check the shop at the same time. So I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll go in the shop. I'll sell my stuff. Okay, now you go into the shop and sell your stuff. When my partner went into the shop, uh, they hit the button to like sell all their junk. It pops up the little, you know, a little uh, pop-up window and says like, yes or no. And they were like, I can't, I can't select. I can't move anymore on my controller. But it was moving the menu behind the pop-up. Um. And they're like, well, what is happening? And then I was like, hold on. I tried moving my stick and I could access that pop-up. So it like what the switched hell? the input to <laughs> me for that one menu pop-up. And we're like, what is going on? It was really weird. Uh, that was just like one example. Um, there was this thing with elevators where every time we would get into an elevator to go up, the elevator would uh, magically start up and then go down. Like we would be like, it would just like teleport and it would keep doing it, but it would keep taking us like back down. And we're like, okay, no, but up this time and go up. And it's eventually you would just do it enough times and it would work. A lot of stuff like that. That wasn't by no means like game breaking for us, but like, okay, this is kind of wearing thin and mm. this is sort of getting in the way. Yeah. Um, the problem. So maybe wait before playing it is what you're saying. Yes. And, and it, despite all that, we were like, you know, what? we're still having a really good time. We're excited to play more. Hopped in yesterday, day one patch. Uh, their character got deleted. Oh, their character no. was gone. Oh, yeah. You ain't see that. Uh, we were, because <laughs> it was like, okay, here's my character. Now you load with your character, and they're like, uh, I guess this save. Safe. 
and it loaded in my character again. You thought. Like, That's not right. No, no. <laughs> you was playing. You thought. So, my character's gone. So. Yeah, that's not right. <sighs> we're, we're not going to come back to it right now, obviously, because we're like, man. More like that was... the descent. <laughs> <laughs> so in, in, uh, yeah, in, yeah. in Justin's review, um, Justin says, even if the ascent was fully functional and balanced in a way where building up a character to become the ultimate indent warrior felt great, there's the fact that so much of the game is designed to feel like servitude. As you climb the superstructure housing or all of Velis, you serve a progression of masters and the payoff for the game's central mystery, where did the mysterious group running Velis suddenly run off to, isn't nearly enough to offset the hopeless grind. Your bosses insult you when you go on to your, go on your tasks, ignore you when you've done well and provide no rewards for success. For so much of the playtime, the ascent feels like, well, an uphill battle. And then the kind of Oof. stuff that is praised is the expansive world building, which is something Jean-Luc said was great, and the art design as well, and the unique mm -hmm. feeling of weapons and armor. Um, yeah. And the bad was uh, the tone is unnecessarily hostile and dour. Difficulty curve is unbalanced, and there are numerous game-breaking bugs. So. Yeah, I, I think the only thing I personally didn't mind as much as Justin was the tone. Like, I didn't have an issue mm. with how like oppressive yeah, the tone I, I was. Gonna I, ask, I, think I just I was going to ask. John looks like, please hurt me. Yeah, I was going yeah, to ask that point of that point of you know in the world telling you constantly telling you that you're worthless and you suck at everything you do. How did that go down with you and your partner? Is that something that I mean, like, it's different, you know, strokes for different folks, but like. I don't know. There might be a lot of people who might be thinking, you know what? Oh. I don't. Oh, uh, I don't really like, need yeah. that right now. Like, um. No, for sure. Like, if you definitely are like, I don't want something that's just like bleak and hopeless. Uh, this game isn't necessarily for you. Um, but I, I found its tone. While it is like, hey, you're a piece of shit. It's trying to be very tongue in cheek about it in a way that was like. I don't know. I, I it didn't it didn't feel oppressive to me. It, it felt more like okay, yeah, this is like one of those like you know cyberpunk dystopian futures where uh, everyone is just mm. calling you like a fuckwad and and saying like crude <laughs> shit to you constantly. And I'm like, all right, I'm here for it. Like you know, I I yeah. Uh, I, the tone <laughs> the tone wasn't an issue for for us personally, but I th I do think that is at least worth considering, um, you know, if, if that's not the vibes you're looking for, for right sure, now, yeah. which is 100% <laughs> fair. No, I mean, interesting yeah. console exclusive for Xbox. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that was the Ascent yeah. and moving from one yes. mystery to another mystery. You've also been playing the great Ace Attorney Chronicles. Yes. Uh, I am a, a late fan to the Ace Attorney games. I think it was like two years ago. Uh, picked up and played the um the trilogy on the switch loved it to death absolutely loved it so Maybe good one of my one of my favorite games now it was like holy shit this is so good this is perfect this is right up my alley i'm ready for more um and yeah this is like in that vein it's like an hd up res of the uh two spin-off games that never came out in america um i don't know what their original japanese names are but Basically, uh, you play as Phoenix Wright's ancestor, um, which is, well, first off, it it's really weird because there's a thing in the original Ace Attorney games where those games take place in Japan. 
But when they translated them to America, they're like, oh, no, this is this is Eat this is hamburger. this is California. <laughs> We're going to go to the California <laughs> mountains where the California monks live. And, and you're like, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, they like there's a character. Who's like, yeah, she's like a, yeah. a, a spirit like, uh, medium. And she like lives with her like clan. But it's like in california and you're like what what is this this is wasn't it like those old pokemon episodes where like brock's like oh yeah i love to eat donuts and they're holding something yeah. that's like very yeah. clearly yeah. like yeah. not yeah, yeah. Donut. Usually like, always talk about like hamburgers or something uh yeah <laughs> and i assume it was like ramen in the original or something and it had to be like, <laughs> like uh <laughs> those americans don't yeah eat ramen. or they're like oh look uh, a, a maid cafe opened up this is interesting i've never seen one of these before and you're like shut, shut up like god damn it LA. <laughs> i mean yeah i mean that fair if there's a cat cafe in, or a maid cafe in downtown la i'd be like <laughs> this fool said cat I, cafe. <laughs> i'd go to that too <laughs> i'd prefer the cat cafe if i had to pick one I mean, yeah, yeah um Hell yeah so in this one because it takes place in the past it actually takes place in japan like proper yeah but your character is like an ancestor of phoenix Wright, um and so i'm like how are they gonna well, make phoenix phoenix Wright is asian american now that's, that's just lore <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm all for that but then <laughs> it's like, so it. you're telling me that he <laughs> moved to america and so did this character and all because all the characters so far are like ancestors of other characters and i'm like you're telling me they all moved to this one spot in California. Listen, Ryunosuke, Ryunosuke got a secret family. <laughs> Happens yeah. to the best of us. You know what? Fair. Excuse uh, you? So that's more just like yeah. funny uh, to me. Um, also, the localization is extremely British. Hell yeah. Uh, in, in, in this one. Um, like, everyone has British accents. <laughs> Hello, mate. Uh, the, 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 a big plot of the game actually takes, is, is like about britain it's like the uh, period yeah. of japan where they like opened up their borders and they're like we have a a, a new treaty with the, with great britain and you know we we so kind of like the first case sort of revolves around that like a, a british man has been murdered and so it's like this big deal because it's like this could cause like an international incident um and then like the prosecutor is just like mad simping for like great britain and you're like mm, i don't know about that one man uh i don't, I don't feel that uh yeah it's it's uh and then yeah they use like i heard it's got a lot of it's got a lot of racism it in it oh yeah characters are like mad racist uh so like <laughs> like there's a lot of british characters who are like uh calling like they're like oh you like they're, they're, you like rice bowls you fucking there, there's a character who <laughs> who at first is like oh i don't speak english and they have like a translator and then later they're like they start speaking japanese um and they're like, oh, you understand, you, you know how to speak Japanese. And they're like, of course I do. They're like, but I'm just, I'm not gonna, I find your, your, your language so like unrefined and like, you know, like low wow. life. And like, I didn't Damn. want to like, sorry, my tongue with it. And I was like, wow, I hope you're the it's murderer. Like, well, when because, you turn 50, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna look, you're gonna look like, you're gonna look like a wrinkly old man and I'm still gonna be looking is, smooth as fuck. So eat my is, ass, bitch. That is just accurate to British people. British people. Yeah. Uh, I would, yeah. I would, I would, I would uh, describe that as accurate depiction of Brits. <laughs> yeah and it's funny because like the main characters are like whoa and then like the prosecutor who's just like mad simping is like oh yes of course like we're you know uh we're we're a lowly degenerate country and i'm like dude relax have some respect relax uh, uh yeah 
But it's you- great though. The game is fantastic. It it's it's like classic Ace Attorney. I've only done the first uh first case which in uh i'd say like of all like like traditional ace attorney kind of style the first case is like a good warm-up it's pretty easy uh there's definitely cases where like we figured out what was happening like 20 minutes before the game reveals it so it was a little like okay pick it up pick it up but that kind of happens with all the ace attorney games Um, and i feel like as the cases go on like by the end they actually do get like pretty pretty complicated and you're like oh i have no idea what's happening um my, but my I mean, fa- it it I looks great. Yeah. yeah, my favorite thing about that game so far is Ryosuke's surname is Naruhodo, which mm-hmm. is just the best surname for a detective a of, because it very means good it's like Japanese for I understand or I see, I get it. So it's like, <laughs> oh, that's such a good name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of good puns. There's a um, uh, like a sergeant whose name is uh. Yes, a no, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Wow. Uh, some, wow. Good, some good stuff. Uh, it's also because uh, I've only ever played the uh, the trilogy, which was um, in like 2D, you know, translated from like the DS. This one is translated from the 3DS. So it's in 3D mm. and it looks really, really good. Uh, they did a really excellent job taking like those original uh, 3DS graphics and translating them. Um, to like high res, like the character models all look super smooth. The backgrounds look fantastic. Um, I actually really like the the 3D models quite a bit. Mm. I think they like managed to capture the like weird expressiveness of of uh, Ace Attorney um, in 3D, and like it feels like they didn't like lose too much in the translation um, from 2D, at least in in this one. Um, I, I'm again, I'm, people might be telling me I'm like I'm wrong in other ones did it bad or something but but for this one i i love it i think it's so good um and i love the characters i lo- i love uh Ryanosuke. he's he's like they're, they're doing this thing where he's like learning how to be a lawyer so he does like the slam but then he like hesitates and like looks like oh i slammed too hard yeah. like he, he's like he's like not he's getting his feet wet he's like trying to read yeah, the room <laughs> and like instead of his like objection he'll do like yes and he'll like kind of raise his hand up very slowly like oh Aww. but then by the end he's like yes. gaining more confidence and there's like this really good moment near the end of the first case where he does like a proper objection and it like shocks the room and everyone's like oh, who is this man oh, oh my god there's also like he a, objected. a legacy there's, was there's born a bit where i think he, he like he does the uh he said the title of the movie thing where he's like i can't remember the context but he's like not everyone can be an ace attorney and it's like ah yeah ah. yeah 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 ah, he said it he said it <laughs> <laughs> and he turns yeah, to the winks. camera uh Winks. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm early in, but I am absolutely loving it. It's fantastic. If you love Ace Attorney, it is Aww. like a no-brainer. And I really do like um, that the setting is actually like Japan proper and and um, mm-hmm. kind of setting it at the sort of like turn of the century, you know, like opening up their borders to the rest of the world. I think it's like a cool, unique setting you don't really see depicted um, that often. Really hoping you wouldn't say that. I was really hoping you'd say it was awful. Aren't these games like really yeah. fucking long <laughs> yeah and there's two of them in the collection um yeah so i imagine it's probably a meaty a meaty time but yeah there's so many games right now i can't play that boy, that boy that's a hmm. well it seems like yep. a, it seems like a a uh if you're into that kind of i'm like in a visual novel kick and i know ace attorney is a little more than a visual novel but i'm i'm eager to get back to that franchise i love that franchise 
Um, very good. Speaking of getting back to things, Beastars season two is mm. out now. Beastars seasons two. Uh, it's been out in Japan for a little while, but it just came out to America on Netflix. Netflix. Uh, I know. I was like, why? Why are they taking so long? But also, <sighs> we're, we're talking shit about Netflix right now. They've changed the names in the localization, and it drives me insane because I'm listening to it in the original what? Japanese. Instead of Haru, it's Hal now. Mm. Excuse oh, me? What? They just decided to change... <laughs> what Haru means spring. Change the her name. Life. Um, and then... It's an... Oh, my God. That's Louis, so Louis is, is, is <laughs> uh, like, Ru- Rui with an R now. And a, I was looking that one up, and I guess there is some debate in the community about that one based on, like the kanji used or something like everyone's like ah that one could potentially actually be rui yeah. but haru to how that's, that's some that's, that's some old school like digimon shit where they're like no one's gonna understand the name yamato his name is matt now <laughs> like that's so dumb <laughs> i don't i don't know why they did it it's really weird um especially because in the first season it is haru and then they changed it in the second season and i'm like why would you do that that makes no sense it's just going to confuse people because it confused us. We're like, what? Why is I was like, what's her name? Always Hal. And I'm crazy. Like, no. OK, thanks. Thanks, Netflix. Uh, but season two is quite excellent. I, for the most part, liked it better than the first season. I think it has better pacing. Uh, an issue with the first season is that it takes a lot of time to sort of like build up the world and characters that actual mm-hmm. like plot momentum is is not really there for a lot of it where you're like okay like where is this leading to and, and you're not really sure this season is very laser focused because it's all about um who murdered uh tem which is the alpaca at the in the first episode of the first season so it's like okay this alpaca got murdered. Oh, they're finally getting back around. They're finally to that, getting huh? back around to it, and that is pretty much the entire focus of this season. So it, it's very, very focused just on that. Um, it has, I think, it makes great use of its like ensemble cast of characters in this one. Like it, it's not just Legoshi. It, it spends a lot of time on Louis. Um, his character direction oh, is yeah. fascinating in this season. I really, really liked the weird direction his arc was going. Uh, they they really lean into a lot of sort of the other side characters and and kind of give them moments that uh, I found really surprising um, and like thoughtful. I I I find myself becoming very endeared to like the whole cast, uh, and they've set up a lot of interesting stuff. The the one thing I didn't care for was that Haru is kind of absent from the season. Hmm. She she's in it. But she doesn't play really like a major role in a lot of the events. She sort of just like shows up every once in a while to talk to Legacy and and kind of help him. But um, she isn't really as much of an oh, active participant, which is a shame because I really, really like her. And um, I'm hopeful that now that they've resolved this arc, that the next arc has her far more involved in, in season three um but yeah over overall i mean it is it's still b stars it still is maybe one of the best looking 3d anime i've ever seen like it it really pushes that medium forward it's also horny as fuck hell yeah there was a there was like a strip club scene that happened in this and i was like oh right i forgot this show is for adults (laughs) (laughs) um it's very good if you guys 
really liked Beastars Season 1, you should watch this. If you haven't seen Beastars, get on that Beastar train. Become a furry. It's a good time. Mm. You like to hear <laughs> Become a furry, become it's a, a good time. Furry. That's a campaign slogan yeah, for your ass. official After Dark policy. Become a furry, it's a good time. Yep. Do crime. Um, Jordan, what have yeah. you been up to? What's up? Uh, I'll, I'll be quick because I've been playing uh, some old shit. Uh, I've gotten <laughs> back into Apex Legends after taking a bit of a hiatus from the game, but Season 10 Emergence is about to be added, and I really want to play with my boy Seer, and I'm like to make sure yeah. that I'm not a detriment to my teammates. I need to make sure that I'm somewhat back in practice before the season kicks off. Um, but yeah, it's it's been awesome just to get back into a kind of just mindless multiplayer game where I'm like, oh yeah, I can just like just jump into a game and shoot a bunch of people. And I don't really have to pay attention to a story or anything like that. And it's almost kind of relaxing to do stuff like that again. And I've been enjoying myself. Really excited for Seer. We're recording this an hour and a half after the new trailer dropped showcasing all of his abilities in greater detail and it has him just doing a whole bunch of these like really uh poetic uh quotes like the voice actor for seer is the dude who voices javik in mass effect oh, 3 so like he's got like go. a really <laughs> nice voice and i'm like Oh my god. Jordan, you have you sold have me on getting there. back at Apex with oh that one god. that one thing. <laughs> yep. I'm in. Oh, Javik is so oh, good. It's Right? I feel so bad because I'm blanking on the actor's actual name. Um he's in like so many games. Like he's in Mortal Kombat, he's Locke in Halo 5 uh Guardians. Oh, he is. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does an American accent kind of a bit for Locke. Uh Man, I cannot remember his name, and I feel really bad because I love pretty much every time he voices a video I'll, game. I'll get, I'll get the name. Character. I'll get the name. Um, okay, but yeah, uh, the entire gameplay trailer is him just like showing off his abilities and doing like these cool dance moves and stuff like that, and just like waxing poetic in like that almost mystical but aggressive voice that he uses for Javik and Mass Effect 3 and I'm like this is perfect this is everything <laughs> that I could ever want his, his uh, name so is yeah, uh, Ike Amadi uh, yeah so he's he's been in a lot of stuff he was he was Jax in uh, Mortal Kombat Legends oh okay um, he's also uh, Nack what? what is he don't fuck about that's what, that's what, uh, yep. What? He's he is Knack in Knack uh, 2. Knack in Knack 2. Oh, what? no. What? Can't wait for him in Knack 3, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's also a... Uh, I don't... Javik, I don't... Javik more like Knack. Yeah. Knack. I was a little pissed off that when a, uh, when Respawn announced the actor, they're like, yeah, and he was in uh, Knack. And I'm like, how are you going to disrespect his name and not mention that he was Javik in Mass Effect 3? Fine. Mention that. Yeah, that's an that's EA fine. property. Whatever. You think they would have brand synergy going on? Like, it's like nah, knack, baby. You know the vibes. <laughs> I wanna, I wanna edit Mass Effect scenes or Mass Effect quotes onto scenes from Knack. That could be incredible. Like, just have like Javik's <laughs> all the Javik, Javik's. Shit just over Knack. That would be so oh good. my god. 
Ask the ghost of a trillion souls. <laughs> I mean, if, if somebody should mod Javik's lines into Apex Legends, yes, I think it would absolutely fit. It would absolutely fit. But yeah, I'm excited for that. That season ten starts August third, so that's next week. Very excited. Very excited to try to be fighting with my teammates to play as Seer. It's always a struggle for the first week when mm -hmm. everyone wants to play as the new guy, but we'll see how that goes. Hmm. What else have you been playing? I have gotten back into Star Wars The Old Republic, which yeah. turns 10 Let's this go. year. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, and I'm I like, am shocked know, that game still is running. It is... So holds up still surprisingly well. I'm doing the uh, Sith Lord storyline, which I hadn't done, but I just know a bunch of people are like, oh, it's the best story. It's like one of the best, if not the best storylines. I'm like, I haven't played it. And so I've been uh, playing and I'm like four or five hours and I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is really dope. This is really awesome. I'm loving this. And I'm hoping to finish it. I have plenty of time, I assume, before the next expansion for this 10-year-old game comes out, presumably like in December for the 10-year anniversary. So I'm excited for that, to just jump back into a really old Star Wars game that kind of hails back to when Bioware was making games that I really, really liked. <laughs> damn also like pre-disney star wars like yeah. that's kind of why i'm surprised it's still around because i figured you know it'd be like ah this ain't canon anymore you know it's, it doesn't fit with the brand synergy like so you know maybe we won't shut it shut it down but we're not going to really like continue to support it um so i'm like i'm yeah. pretty surprised that they're like making like a proper new expansion that's cool though i'm like yeah. into that i i uh I played that game for like 30 hours, I want to say. Uh, yeah, played on, I played it on release. Yeah, I was so um, fucking hyped for, for this yeah. game. When, and I played yeah, a lot of it when it first came out, and I haven't touched it since. It's significantly better now. A lot of the yeah. like quality of life stuff that they've added where it's like, oh, people were like really tired of walking from point A to point B to get their next story mission and have to do like 30 mindless battles in between. Uh, we'll have it that they start off with the uh, speeder bike pass so that they can just fly over all of it and just go from one story mission to the other. And now story missions will give you enough XP so you don't have to do the boring side quest anyway to grind out and keep doing the story. Oh, that I'm like, sounds so nice. So I'm like, oh, this is way better and if you just want to focus on like the old school kind of kotor experience like turn off pvp mode and just do pve so like you're ignoring all the online aspects of it and then you can ignore the side quest and you're kind of just getting like a quasi kotor 3 experience i'm like this is nice this is very very nice yeah. why couldn't this game have been mm. like this back in 2011 but a galaxy reborn. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Are you playing uh, free or are are you? Putting, like, uh, no, money I'm down playing the, the uh, paid. Um, just because there is just a few extra stuff that come with the paid stuff, like you can uh, beam up to your ship, like wherever you are, instead of having to wander mm. all the way back to uh, a spaceport. Um, Get the amiibo, you put it on your, and it lets you go up yeah. to your ship. 
it, it's there's just a Eventually. bunch of extra nice little things that come with uh paying for the game as opposed to doing the free to play and i'm like i i don't mind dropping like fifteen dollars a month on this game that's significantly less than i drop on apex in any given season so it's like a drop in the bucket at this look point. at this mr money bags <laughs> over here damn look at the like the Mr. Oh, EA boy over here too. I have like no money to like actually pay my rent at the end. Of the month. I'm like, oh, where did all the funds go? It's like, oh, right, into the video. I got game. this. Got this sick lightsaber as a Sith Lord. Yeah, you're like, how can I? Uh, I could pay you in uh, Apex bucks. Yeah. Apex coins. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hmm, doesn't that sound good? You can get the sweet Don't, skin. They're also pretty and gold, but they're just behind a computer screen. So it it holds up then, basically, yeah. is what you're saying. Yes, it Fantastic. holds up. Fantastic. Surprisingly. That is, that is good to know. I'm, cool. I played a bunch of it. I'm kind of interested in checking it out again. But. Yeah, Michael, me too, man. What have you been doing? I can't. No, I just committed to you got, you, Final Fantasy. Yeah. I, can't. I can't. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm going to do both at once. You've got to focus got, on one. Michael will do both. I can't. I got. I gotta commit no, I, to one. I can't do both either. I can't do anything. What, no, actually. You, what have you been doing though? Because uh, explain that shit. Well, uh, Neo, the world ends with you. I've talked about it a few times on this podcast, but I've actually played the full game. Uh, review embargo was on Monday, and I still haven't finished my review because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> now I've been going through some things. It's uh, it's it's been tough in the streets, y'all. But I have mm. played a Neo, the world ends with you, and I like it quite a bit. Um, it's not the most impressive thing in the world. It's not, uh, it's, it's hard to say if it like lives up to the, to the hype. Um, cause I, I personally, I feel like the fact that it exists is enough already that I, I, I really, I didn't necessarily feel hype for this coming up, but more of like, oh shit, like cool. I can't wait to see what this ends up being. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, I have a lot of complicated feelings about this game because there are there's so much to love about it and there's so much to not like about it. There's how do I how do I begin this? I think okay, I'll, I'll start with I, well okay. How about this? Spoiler free. This game relies on the first one a lot. Uh, it's mm. not apparent at first, but as it goes on and on, it quickly become or not quickly it eventually becomes so heavily reliant on you knowing what happened in the original world ends with you and the extra story content that got packaged in the switch switch remaster which is surprising actually that new content is pretty much the whole basis for um like that that whole side content becomes really really important to uh or i mean you could still play and enjoy this game but I think that you, uh, I, I think that a lot of people will be lost without at least knowing the the basics of the original and that extra story content. Um, but with that said, uh, I think that uh, as a returning fan, I'm like, yo, this is there's there's a lot of hype moments, that, or there's a f- there's a few moments where I'm like, let's fucking go, let's go, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I can't. I, the, the only thing, the only one I can actually talk about, or I, I would talk about before, since this game just came out this week is. Uh, Minami Moto, who's uh, if you played the original, he's like this edgy 
edgy dude who loves like keeps spouting out like math problems and like he looks cool he's like kind of hot too and he's uh oh uh, that guy you know yeah, you don't know yeah, 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 yeah you don't know if he's like a good guy if he's a bad guy he's kind of he's kind of like an anti-hero type but you have to fight yeah. him in the original and he's uh i i liked him a lot uh and he becomes like a party member very early on in the game and then you kind of for me i was like yo what's what's his deal like the last time i saw him he wasn't we didn't, I didn't necessarily leave off on the best terms with him, but he's like a party member. He's trying to help me, but he's also kind of like working in the background of like, oh, is he trying to betray us or is he like, you know, trying to help us do things he's not telling us? Um, I don't know. I, th- I think that's that's really interesting as a uh, returning fan. Um, the combat system is great. I think that uh, in the when I was playing the demo, I was like, okay, I, I get it. I want to see how this evolves. I'm, I'm worried like it, it's not gonna like maybe have as much depth. But the f- the further you get on, the more you can stack like different types of pins, which are your your spells and abilities. And it gets to the point you keep getting you by the towards the end of the game you get like more party members, which means you could stack more attacks. And it is fucking wild, just like. You can press like all the buttons at once and everyone's going to fire off their attacks and it's just like fucking boom. You have like a fire pit going off with electricity going off and then you have your melee attack and you have like two different party members firing off uh, range attacks. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I don't know, (laughs) but this shit looks sick. Um, it's a lot, it's the combat system is a lot of fun. I think it's really satisfying because of, uh, how diverse, uh, it is and how you can customize in so many different ways. I like what they do with difficulty because you can have easy, medium, hard. But then you can also uh, adjust your your uh, your team's level. So it's like, okay, I want to play on easy, but I'll knock down my level a few. I'll knock it down a few levels. So it's uh, it's not as difficult as playing on normal at uh, my my set level or whatever. Uh, it's it also changes how you get rewards. So if you want to farm stuff, uh, if you want to farm money, you can just like knock it down to easy, knock down your level all the way down, and it's like, oh well, your drop rate is like super high, so you can get a bunch of items uh, that you can sell off. Uh, it, it's just uh, I think, and then the the way you encounter enemies in the overworld, you actually don't have to fight or. There are, there are times when you have to fight in order to advance a story, but outside of that, you don't necessarily have to. Uh, again, there's no random encounters. You initiate the counter- encounters yourself. Uh, so if you just want to go straight story uh, and like just pl- pl- uh, play with just the necessary combat stuff, you can breeze through it like that if you, w- if you want to knock it down easy. I was bouncing between normal and hard because it was pretty easy at the beginning. Uh, as a as a game gets on, it gets a lot more challenging. You have to be a lot more, more smarter about how you set up your team, how you use your pins, uh, and shit like that. So I, I I think there's it's very satisfying when it comes to that stuff. The other aspect is kind of the exploration and when you're trying to advance the story. So I'm conflicted on this because th- these are some of the best character moments where they're having dialogue and you get to see them express themselves. They get to like be themselves and um, all stuff. It's just that there's so much exposition and the way the game kind of funnels you through Shibuya which is where the game takes place like it's go to this street okay there's a little bit of dialogue oh your next objective is to go to this street there's dialogue there then you have to go to this street oh actually you have to turn back time oh wait you have to talk to this person oh you need to turn back time again and talk to this person (laughs) now you have new information now that you have this new information you need to go back in time and then talk to this person talk to this person and you talk to that person it's a lot of like I say in my review that this game relies on like wild goose chases most of the time, mm. and it's not. It's it's kind of like 
I, I want to be a, a, a part of the city, but all you're asking me to do is like talk to this NPC, go to that street, talk to this NPC. Um, there are some like puzzle riddle elements uh, within that, but it's it's yeah. kind of inconsistent in how it implements those sorts of things. One thing I'll say about the storytelling though is that the character like the character art, the designs are are phenomenal. I love them so much. Uh, the thing is, the game relies so much on character portraits that. There's like story critical moments where there's like an, a, a, a character is attacking another character, but it's not, there's no cutscene. There's no, it's not rendered in game. It's just like the character portrait is reacting to sound effects. And I think it's really weird that how, how often it uses that. Uh, and it kind of takes you out of it. It, it. it kind of makes you feel like the game isn't as present. You're not there. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I think that like for, for a full sequel that's out on like, consoles like i play on switch it's on ps4 it i don't know i i feel like it's it's lacking something there and there there are a few cutscenes. yo the cutscenes that are actually <laughs> in the game are are amazing they look so goddamn good like uh the, the art style it's like the pseudo 3d uh like two i think i was, I was talking to the de designers and like yeah it's like a 2.5d sort of like um rendering and it looks mm. so good but there it's like there's so few and far between and uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. It's like high highs and pretty low lows when it comes yeah. to it. But overall, like when I like I finished the game and I said, <laughs> "There's there's like four moments when I thought I was at the end of the game." Oh no! <laughs> it has, it's like oh shit, yo, this is the final battle. Psych, you need to go back in time. This is the final battle. Psych, that's a final battle. Psych, there's an epilogue, and it's like. I'm I'm glad that it has that because like oh cool yeah I want to see more but also like damn dog when y'all gonna wrap this up? Uh, that sounds like me playing AC Valhalla. <laughs> like yeah. oh my god it's still going. <laughs> yeah, it took it took me like forty hours. I did like a bunch. Uh, I did like a handful of like side stuff too and like um, exploring Shibuya and like going to buying new gear, uh, eating all the eating all the food which is kind of fun. But uh, yeah, like 35, 40 hours total. As somebody who loved the original game when it came out, like it was like one of my favorite games at the time, like mm -hmm. played it to death, absolutely loved it. Um, but it's been so long since that original game came out that I've yep. like fallen, not, not to say like I'm like, I don't like that game anymore, but just like that, that, you know, that energy for it isn't there anymore because it's just been so long. Mm -hmm. But I'm like. And 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 I played a little bit of the uh, Switch one, and I it was like ah yeah this is okay. Um, I kind of didn't like the controls. It didn't they didn't feel as good to me as like the DS. Oh, you talking about the Switch version? Yeah, Switch version. Yeah, was the ass. Switch version of yeah. I was I was <laughs> God. That shit was not, difficult to play. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I was like ah oh, man, this is like a bummer. Um, and it kind of kept me from because I was like excited to replay it. Um, but that kind of kept me from it. Um. So much so that I actually went and bought a DS copy, uh, yeah. so I could like play that instead. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I, I, I have but, I have it on mobile. It's it's pretty decent on mobile. Oh yeah, it's pretty yeah. alright on mobile. Uh, but what I was gonna ask is like, do do you think this is worth for me to go back to as someone who was really passionate about it at yeah. one point? But maybe you know, yeah. I think that if if you were passionate about the original one, I think that uh, like the original like the world ends with you is so unique that even if it yeah. kind of uh, if you kind of aren't like it's it's been 13 years right so mm. i would what i did was i watched a recap before i played this game and then yeah. it, it just like all the memories start flying I'm like oh yeah that's right <laughs> oh yeah that's right i remember how i felt during that moment i remember how i felt that in right. that moment 
I think that that did a lot for me and be like, yo, I'm, I'm ready to dip back into this world because uh, it, it is so unique. And I think uh, one thing I say in my review is that it makes me feel young again because the world ends with you. One, you like played it. Well, I played it when I was like 17 and it has like this very distinct, uh, like rebellious, youthful attitude yeah. that I really I really fucked with back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 sort of like this this edgy like Neku was like so edgy and then like beat beat <laughs> it was like super edgy yeah he's like yeah. fucking super edge lord like I don't care about you I'm just trying to win the Reapers game you're just gonna bring me down and then beats like this this uh like buff ass dude who's like I'm just trying to protect my sister I'm gonna beat y'all motherfuckers ass uh it's just like the super edgy thing and it really it really vibe with me and like obviously Minamimoto is like the, <laughs> another edge like there's so many edgy characters but like it's got heart it had a lot of heart yeah. in it uh and. I think that what we like this new game doesn't necessarily hit that doesn't hit that same tone tone. It's a lot more uh, bubbly, I, I would say. I think uh, like this this game in particular is a lot more uh, has a lot more of a positive feeling than the original. Okay. But I think that dipping back into that world's cool because also that there's a lot of important callbacks. And I think I think this can go both ways that I, I feel like original fans can play this new game and be like. Ah, they went. They dipped back into the well again. I they, they didn't need to do that. Or it could be like me, where I'm like, "Yo, this is so fucking cool! Yuck, all these memories! I can't believe like this is happening in the game." Yeah. Uh, so uh, I kind of bounce between those two feelings. Like, ah, they didn't really need, need to do that, but you know what? I'm here for it. Uh, that's kind. Okay. That's kind of my feeling. Like, I'm I'm conflicted on that, but overall, I'm I'm happy that they did that, even if it wasn't pulled off in the best uh, best way. So sick. I don't know. Yeah, I think. It's hard to it's hard to recommend for people who don't have any connections uh, to the original World Ends with You. Um, so I I don't know if I could really speak on like how that experience would be, but for me I'm like, this is cool. I'm I'm glad this game exists. It's it's got problems, but it's I enjoyed my time with it. I'm glad I played it. Cool. And the other thing you've been playing, Pokemon Unite. Pocket the Monster. Uh, yeah, that's another. That's the other big game. I guess came out this week or came out this week, right? Or yeah. was it last week? We just week? put the review up, didn't yeah. we? Yeah, review just went up from uh, Jason. Jason Finelli is, is yep. that who it was Jason Finelli? Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I'm assuming he's Italian. I'm sure he loves that. Hey, Pokemon Unite. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, play 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 as Charizard, pal. Um, that's what I do. Um, playing as Charizard, it, it's really cool. It's the Pokemon MOBA. I, I actually enjoy it quite a bit. It's if you play League, if you play Dota, if you play Heroes of the Storm, I think that th- this one is a lot more approachable. It's fairly. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure. Well, I I've only started playing it yesterday, so I don't know if there's that much uh, depth going on in the meta for this game. I'm sure there will be, but for now, I'm I'm just playing. I'm hopping on. I'm just like racking up points. I'm like. Use it, firing off my abilities and then uh, like the way this game okay so the way this game work, game works is that there's two teams of five there's a bunch of there's a bunch of I'll say ads that's that's more of an MMO thing what is it uh, what's creeps. It, creeps is that creeps, yeah, creeps. yeah. Uh, and then you just like you ki- you kill them you you earn a bunch of points but before you earn points you need to dunk your points into the opposing team's goal. Uh, it's kind of it's, yo. It reminds me of Pyre, and it's like, oh, okay, I, I racked up like thirty points. Mm. Now I need to go into enemy territory to make sure I can dunk this shit and get those points. Um, 
it's been pretty easy because I think that like everyone I've been matching up with like doesn't understand how to play MOBA, uh, which is fine. Like I think <laughs> this being a free to play game, this being Pokemon, I think there's going to be a lot of people who haven't played a MOBA before uh, and that's fine. Uh, so probably over time, you're going to see like the skill floor kind of ramp up as more people kind of understand what the what the deal is with this game. But I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's like, yo, Pokemon fits the MOBA framework pretty fucking well. Like it, it's uh, mm. it's cool, like how because if you've played MOBA, like throughout the match, you you get new abilities, you evolve, you level up. Um, and that's the sort of thing, too, with Pokemon. It's like, I'm playing, oh, you start off as Charmander. Through mid-match, you become uh, Charmeleon. And then towards the, the end of the match, I'm Charizard. Now I have like a lot more abilities. It's just like this really cool uh, synergy between the concept of Pokemon and how MOBAs work. Uh, it's free to play. The monetization, I haven't really engaged with too much yet because I'm still early on and I haven't really seen anything to drive me to spend money on this game. Um, but I know that, uh, if you check out Jason's review, uh, that is one thing that he talks a lot about. Uh, mm. but yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's cool. I want to see how it evo evolves. Uh, mm. I want to see, oh, <laughs> I, I want to know what it's like to, I've only, <laughs> listen, I'm a gamer. I've only won matches so far. So, uh, Ooh. I stay winning W's on deck, but I want to see how this game when it gets challenging, once you once you start to play it, once I start playing it with uh, higher level players, I want to know what that's like, or like if it gets frustrating, how I can overcome that. If there's if teamwork, how how teamwork can overcome those sorts of things, I'm not sure yet. It's just more like okay, I'm gonna cover bottom lane and get my points, uh, and then y'all go take care of uh, the other lanes and then get your points there, and hopefully we win. That's that's saying, kind of worked so far. The most exciting thing he, that I've heard about Pokemon Unite is like I I would love to get into games like League of Legends and stuff like that, but then I hear him like, oh yeah, each individual match is like forty five to sixty yeah. minutes long, and then people it's are like, oh yeah, Pokemon long, Unite's yeah. like it's like five it's to ten minutes. They're, they're ten minute minutes. matches, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. sick, sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that one thousand percent works in his favor because that's intimidating. Like the fuck, you want me to spend forty minutes to play to play one match? Pokemon Unite's like matchmaking, like literally one second I matchmake, and then 10, se 10, 10 seconds, 10, 10 minutes, I'm done with the match. And it, it, it's it's kind of, you really get your fill. Like I play like three matches, okay, cool, I'm good. Or you can just do your dailies and like, oh, I'm good. Like the quick, the matches are quick. I don't, it doesn't like overstay its welcome. And it's like when you play a match, you're like, oh, cool, I did all the things that I expected to do in a match and that was fun. Uh, so I've been like, I've been enjoying this. Uh, I don't know how long of a tale it has, but for the moment, I'm just like, you know, I want to experience it and see where it goes. Um, uh, there's it, it's it's weird. Like, I haven't I haven't needed to communicate with my team yet, uh, but I don't I'm not sure how communication works in this game. Like if it gets more complex, if it comes more challenging, um, like there, there's there's like a dialogue wheel, obviously, but that's kind of not the same as like um talking to your team but also like well, once you get to the high levels oh man i can't wait for this game to get toxic as fuck you know what i'm saying Ooh, give me that toxicity baby which is probably why there kidding. isn't voice chat support yeah, yeah i know it's like you know what actually that that might be a good idea because i don't want 10 year old kids, a lot of kids uh, playing this I don't only need, coughing I don't players need... can be toxic i'm done with you <laughs> <laughs> um, I, in terms of games, I have been playing a little game called Detention, 
Um, I finished. Oh, yeah, you've been streaming that, right? Yeah. So I was streaming. I was streaming. Is that uh, the Red Candle, right? Yeah, it's yeah. the Red Candle game. Yeah. So I played Devotion early in the year and really loved that. And um, dope game. I thought, oh, Fabulous I'll, I'll go game. back yeah. and play. It. Yeah, Devotion's fantastic. Um, I went back to Detention and also very, very, very yep. strong game. Um, so good. A lot of it is like, um, it's very different in terms of. Um, the, the kind of jump from detention to devotion is massive for red candles. Um, mm-hmm. Detention is like a side-scrolling kind of very horror-themed or atmospheric kind of game that uses a lot of, not shocking, but like um, it uses imagery to kind of evoke a sense of tension and, and, and apprehension in what's happening and the premise of it is fairly simple you kind of are at a school and um you begin as one character and you quickly realize that you you know you you fall asleep during a detention period um and you wake up and everyone seems to be gone and there's a typhoon or a tsunami one of those things coming i believe it takes place in taiwan i think it was probably yeah Yeah, i think that's correct um yeah yeah, uh so it's like a a natural natural uh, disaster event is on its way um and you basically are like oh shit i gotta get out of here real quick um and you don't get out of there and instead things start getting real real weird and you very slowly unfold kind of like the events of what happened up until that point which take a very drastic turn into the supernatural and it does this really really amazing thing which you know it's it's tricky to do and modern horror games don't do it as much as indie horror games do it is it tackles political socioeconomic and class uh kind of considerations in in the way that it um depicts horror um it mm-hmm. is about it's it's a it's about a school run by a militaristic headmaster it takes place at a time when certain texts are considered banned and if you're in possession of them you're treated as like the enemy of the state and enemy of a country it even delves into relationships between teachers and how and students and whether they're taboo or not and at what extent uh, do they become socially unacceptable and who gets to define whether that's what is socially unacceptable. Um, it's really simple to play. It is like I said, you just click, go point to point. It's got that kind of, it's got a lot of puzzles in it. But they're very simple, you know, you get an item and generally for the most part, when you pick up an item, you will have already seen a place where the you pick up the key and, and you know, you know where the lock is effectively for different things. You know, um, you might, you know, pick up a bowl of blood and you'll know, oh, I need, I know what I need to do this because like three floors down, there's this thing that I, I, I interacted with earlier and it was kind of confusing, but now I know what to do with it. That's how it is most of the time. There are occasional moments where if you do what I do and you like explore a lot, you can sometimes pick up the the the, uh, the uh, proverbial key to a solution before you've actually found the lock and it can become a bit confusing. And you can be like, oh, I don't actually know what I'm supposed to be doing with this. So like the breadcrumb trail of you connecting the dots to be like, oh, I know exactly how to solve this puzzle and progress can sometimes get a bit lost, but it's never for an extensive amount of time. And usually you can noodle it out and figure it out and go from there. Um, 
that is kind of like the main main crux of the gameplay um there are kind of enemy encounters but they're very like puzzle based encounters where you behave in a certain way to avoid death you're never like picking up a gun and fighting something um but overall fantastic experience i had i had such a good time playing that game and it's like four hours and you leave with a an impression of a of of it more than like you know it's not going to blow your socks away with gameplay mechanics but you'll it'll leave a lasting impression on how you feel afterwards and the imagery it uses and the sound effects and the music and and that's kind of one of the starting to become kind of like the hallmark of red candles games because uh devotion was the same thing like it's more mm -hmm. of a first person kind of like you know walking sim for better one of a better phrase um but and it's got a lot of cool imagery and cool like narrative moments in there but it sticks with you long after you've stopped playing and you think about it for a really long time so yeah i really enjoyed playing that you can buy devotion and um detention on the red candle website so they created that website because they effectively got delisted from most of the um uh, online um sale digital sales platforms because of the image some of the images used in uh, devotion um uh, and and it's kind of like criticism of the government at the time um, so they just got bounced from it. So they were like, we're going to put our own stuff together. And I bought it on, I bought it through that website. And then I also bought Detention still on Steam. So I originally bought mm -hmm. Detention on Steam, which is where I played it. But when they put their website out for Devo Devotion, I bought the pack with Detention. Um, Hell yeah. So I, 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 I highly support, support them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really good game. I had such a good time with it. And then I'm still playing um, Death Door. I'm kind of like, I slowed down playing it because I wanted to savor it, but it's, it's very, very fun. Um, and then the other main thing I did was watch Mayor of Easttown which is a HBO series, I believe. Um, in the UK, it's on Now TV, but it's got Kate Winslet in it um, and Sam Rockwell, I think there's the name. Yeah. Um, and it's a really, really well done detective story, but it's not like... It's a very small town detective story. So it takes place in East Town where literally everyone knows each other. Um, and like it's a small, very, very small community. And the whole there is a character who is killed and it's all about uh, Mayor, um, uh, who's played by Kate Winslet, kind of figuring out what's going wrong. But there's like a whole history to the town she grew up there she used to be you know uh somewhat uh, noteworthy there she's now a cop um there are like Hate you know small it. yeah you know she's she's there's there's like there's people who uh who dislike each other you know there's neighbors who are who are like not fans of each other there's relationships and adultery that has happened between families and that kind of stuff so it's like got that really like screwed up uncomfortable hometown vibe to it where you know you never you never know what secret someone is hiding um and you know any because it's like a very small cast everyone's potentially got some skeletons in their closet so they could either be the perpetrator of this heinous crime or they could be like behind some other thing that impacts it or they could just be a shitty person or you know and Mare herself is like not perfect she's been through some stuff everyone's got different traumas and it really intelligently explores all of this stuff at the same time like no one's perfect but everyone is trying some people are awful other people are 
not awful but still kind of weird and the actual central mystery is really well done and never like over the top it doesn't get crazy it's not like oh it's aliens or it's not like oh the mafia are involved it's always it's always like very grounded um and the amazing the good thing that it, it's so strongly written that it's one of those ones that every episode ends and by the time if it's finished you will have flipped on who you think is behind something or what you think is going on and you will always and it will always leave you with a new question so it's very very difficult to just watch one episode you always want to keep going into another episode i think the only thing that stopped me from watching it in all in one session was the fact that each episode is an hour long as typical hbo things are so like mm -hmm. i very quickly get fatigued with kind of like multiple hour long episodes of things so i split it into like two batches but just fantastic performances. Kate Winslet is incredible in it. Um, and there's just a cast of really strong characters. Highly recommend it. It's super, super good. Um, and it kind of got me uh, kind of uh, in the mood to play like, or experience more detective stuff. So I played a bit of Backbone as well. Um, Hell yeah. Which is, which is which is very good. Um, but I didn't realize that it was uh, in early access. So it's like just the prologue of it. Um, so I kind of like got most of the way through it and I was like, I'm going to wait until the whole thing is out and then I'll play it. But yeah, it's, it's real cool. Have you um, heard of the, of the great Ace Attorney? Is that what you said for the name Mare. of the show? Mare. Yeah, Mare. Uh, M -A -R -E. M -A -R -E, yeah, it's like a shortened cool. version of her name. Um, Sounds interesting. Adding to my list. It's, <laughs> it's very, very good. It's very, very good. And then the first episode of Ted Lasso season two came out and it's, uh, predictably it's fantastic. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what we've been playing. So we're going to make a smooth transition over to news. We're going to slide into the news DMs. So the biggest story, obviously, is the one that everyone is talking about is a... It's, it's another instance of the unfortunate realities of making games and being in the video game industry being laid bare. It's going to sound familiar because it's a ongoing issue that um, just reflects how little the industry has moved forward and how much it needs to. And that is the Activision Blizzard lawsuit and the walkout that's been happening. So as a brief, very, very brief overview of what's happening, this is it the state of California that is doing yep. it, um, yeah. is, mm -hmm. is like, uh, as, uh, initiated a lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. It's based on a long ongoing investigation into the company's culture. And that culture is one of frat boys mistreating uh, workers, other workers, particularly women, um, and generally creating a hostile, degrading, and inhospitable uh, environment that in many cases has been enabled by senior members of staff, um, in some cases encouraged by it. And those people have also ensured that some have um, not faced any consequences for the actions that they've taken. Um, if this sounds familiar, that's because one, Ubisoft had a very similar um, situation uh, unravel in public, and two, it's happening at pretty much across the industry. You just don't—it's uh, just not being exposed. These 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 same issues happen on a micro and macro scale throughout game development, 
Um, and the long and short of it is, video game development is a is a hostile place to be for women. Um, and it's absolutely disgraceful that we still are in a situation where this is happening. Um, so amongst the, the, the kind of allegations, um, which we're inclined to believe, given how thorough the investigation has been and the numerous amounts of people who have come out and said this is true, there's like, there's people who have been, uh, you know, forced to take on the duties of other men while they piss about playing games and drinking and going from cubicle to cubicle, dehumanizing female workers, objectifying them. Um, there's one instance of a reported female uh, member of the team who actually unfortunately took her own life as a result of the um, harassment she received. Uh, and um, that's just a small fraction of what's been going on. It is the biggest story and every new day presents a, a horrifying new insight into the the absolutely disgraceful behavior from people working at Activision Blizzard. The latest of them um, being a infamous uh, uh, suite called the Cosby Suite, which uh, you can't see, you can't hear a face palm, but it's it's happening. Like uh, there, there was long and short of it being Activision is certain senior members of uh, certain members of the Activision Blizzard team had a hotel room which they dubbed the Cosby Suite, which they filled with liquor, and would have m meetings in. And as you can imagine, horrible shit often happened in there, and it was disgusting. And one of the key uh, people behind it is also referenced in a bunch of War Warcraft World of Warcraft um, content. And there's been one a a movement to have that his name pulled from it, which I believe is happening. But two, uh, Activision has responded to this. They put out initially a, a statement which was tone deaf and pretty awful. Um, oh, yeah. And the phrase tone deaf wasn't isn't something that we're editorializing. It was something that Bobby Kotek, CEO of Activision, later admitted to um, and said it was tone deaf. But... Um, in light of that, there's been a big walkout. Um, and, you know, I don't know about you folks, but I am I am throwing my support behind that walkout because like- 100%. The, 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 the stuff that, that, that the people working at that company have gone through is awful. Um, and if there's anything we can say is a universal truth is corporations probably aren't going to do the right thing for their people. In rare cases, will they do the right thing for their people? Um, and, uh, they, you know, it's up to them to take matters into their own hands. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a solidarity with, with everyone who's, who's, who's uh, protesting this. And there are measures that you can you can take um, online uh, to kind of support them. Uh, there has been, if you use the ActiBlizz walkout hashtag, go there, you can find loads of um, resources and links um, for non-Activision uh, Blizzard employees and members in the gaming community who want to show their support. Uh, you can do that through using the hashtag, but also, you know, uh, 
donating to causes like Black Girls Code, um, Futures Without Violence, Girls Who Code, um, Raining, Rain or R-A-I-N-N, which is www.raiinn.org, Women in Animation and Women in Games International. Um, they're very easy to find. Uh, so, I don't know, you can throw your support behind that because I know it's, it can be easy to feel powerless. Um, and it can also feel futile when, and you can feel a bit, I know like I want to help as well, but all I can do right now is tweet about it. And every time I do tweet about it, I'm like, is this really doing anything? And the answer is yes. If you spread the awareness, it will help you help other people. Um, but yeah, anything you guys want to say about this? I mean, I would just add, uh, is other stuff you could do. Um, you know, uh, especially if you're a man in a position of privilege, um, is to, you know, like the, the easiest and simplest thing you could do is uh, just be more aware of what's happening within your own workplace. You know, like really try and uh, think about the things you do and you say and reflect on them, uh, you know, because e even like, you know, these are heinous, disgusting, like blatantly bad examples. But I think there's you you can always be better even in it's it's so easy to make someone uncomfortable even in a small way um that can spiral and lead into bad actors thinking it's okay to act in in such a disgusting behavior so i would say you know think about your own actions you know um and then think about the actions of the people around you you know you you have the power to to call uh men out and tell them you know like hey that's disgusting don't act like that because at the end of the day men perform for other men they they want to impress you know the men around them and feel cool so it you calling them out and saying hey that don't act like that like that's disgusting it's it's more impactful than you would think you know, like, don't have this, like, defeatist attitude of, like, oh, well, you know, like, what can I do? It's like, no, like, men listen to other men more more than I think people yeah. assume so. And, and, mm -hmm. and you, that is at the very least something you can do is just, like, open your eyes, be aware, you know, reflect on your own behavior and reflect on the behavior of your coworkers around and, you know, call that shit out when you yeah. see it. And, and in terms of specifically within the world of video games, it behooves you and it benefits the, the, the medium you love to do that. Because in a lot of situations, like the people who are being harassed, the women who are being harassed are some of the most talented people at the, like the actual lawsuit states that there were people who are giving their duties to the women on their team and then taking the credit for it. A lot of the mm -hmm. times there's a lot of effort being put in by these women who are incredibly creative and have a lot of talents. And that's the kind of stuff we need in video games. And if we're not helping foster a, an environment and an industry that welcomes them, what we're doing is we're, we're minimizing the, the kind of availability of interesting, fresh ideas and people to continue making games for us. 
it benefits us to support the people who need it so that we get better games and those people can be rewarded properly and they can excel and exceed instead of just having these assholes giving jobs to their mates so they can be continue to be assholes and push out the people who are genuinely interested in making good video games that push the medium forward instead of behaving like they're at a fucking college or a university for their entire life because that's all they can do jordan anything you want to add Mm, I think the only thing that I would add is I, I, I echo everything that's been said already, so I won't uh, repeat that again. But like to the point, it takes proactive action, especially for those on our part, uh, cisgender males. I'm referring to me in the very royal sense of using the privilege that we have even if we're men uh, cisgender males of color like we kind of enjoy a bit of blindness in certain instances where we can almost fit into the dominant cisgender white uh, demographic and it might seem like oh there are instances at my company where like these giant huge things aren't really happening and so i don't have like a chance to change these big things and if that is the case, great. Like if those things pop up, like be ready to react and to work against it, do some research ahead of time. There's so many articles right now that you can uh, read to prepare yourself, but also just pay attention to the smaller stuff too that may not seem as significant as what's been going around uh, Twitter, Reddit, and the interwebs the past few days, but can carry an impact like as huge as it is for like a project lead to like take the idea, take credit for uh, something that their uh, female coworker said. It can also be something as simple as like hearing one of your female sister to female colleagues having an idea during a meeting and like posing that idea. And then a male coworker says the exact same idea like 30 minutes later and the group positively responds to that which seems really simple like maybe they didn't hear the idea the first time around or it was just rephrased in a way that better understood but like call that out and like point to the fact it's like yo this idea came from somewhere first and like we should honor that it's not just about the big things the big things are important watch out for those big things and act accordingly when those big things pop up but also be sure to pay attention to the smaller microaggressions as well and work to solve those because if you fix those it'll make it that much easier when the larger things come up to like notice how problematic they are know how to best deal with them for sure michael um uh, Jordan made some some real good all y'all made some real good points uh, I also want to want to say that like uh, in being proactive in it it's like people in hiring positions in positions of power uh, like one you're responsible for the environment that is around you and um, like there's eventually there will be consequences to your actions um, for for one, if, if you are an active participant in creating that hostile hostile work environment, but also letting it happen. Uh, so fuck y'all to uh, uh, everyone involved in making letting that happen. Um, but I think like people need to be proactive if you are in charge of a workplace that you one, you have women on staff because duh, um, 
and also when they are on your teams that like you make sure that they are in a safe and secure work environment because that's the bare minimum. Essentially, this walkout is asking for the bare minimum. You mm-hmm. like, I think y'all need to understand that what's being demanded out of this walkout is nothing wild. It's like, listen, we want to go to work and we want to be treated fairly. And that's it. And like, we don't want to be harassed. We don't want to be uh, subject to assault or we don't want to like feel like someone's trying to prey on us while we're trying to do our fucking job. It's the bare minimum. Uh, and I think people need to understand that uh, that's at, at, at its core what what any, anyone should be asking, any what anyone should expect. Um, and it's it's sad to see that that people can't even get that. Uh, especially at a big ass company like Activision Blizzard, um, probably one of the biggest development and publishing companies in the world. And uh, I think that watching the walkout and understanding how powerful that can be, I think that uh, understanding collective action is a big thing for me, both uh, in my what I do in my personal life, uh, like with political activism and, and things like that. I think that because when you I think when you take a step back and look at this, you see that it's a lot of top level executives getting away with shit or letting people that they like under them get away with shit. And at that point, you kind of think about who do they answer to? Who who would who would investigate them? Who would fire them? Who would press them on something like that? And if they're a top level level executive, no one, because the buck stops there. And they can get away with whatever they can get away with because no one's mm-hmm. pressing them. No one is keeping them accountable. How, how like at that point you feel powerless. But I think that understanding the power of collective action it gives power to the powerless. It's not easy. It's it's not. It's it, organizing can be very complicated. Often is very complicated. Um, but I think that at least understanding how how it works and uh, what kind of impact it can have. I think that that uh, it's empowering in, in many ways that, you know, if this if this person who's not being held accountable by anyone else, well, if I if we, I can band together, they can't ignore it. It's it's it, it, I, I've seen it happen. Uh, I've seen what it can do. I've experienced it firsthand in terms of what, what uh, collective action can bring, what it can do, what kind of effect it can have. And I understand how intimidating it is. But um so shouts out to the organizers and the participants to the Activision uh, Blizzard walkout because that shit's not easy. Uh, it's very um, backlash and repercussions are always in the back of your mind when something like this. But uh, the fact that they are ta- they took that huge step in actually doing something, or and everyone who's um, you know lending their support and solidarity to this uh, this protest, this walkout, the strike, like it's it's really important, and I. Uh, Damn, I hope I hope it leads to uh, some some real changes because that shit is like problems like this are systemic. Uh, they're uh, if people in power want to let want to either sweep it under the rug or if they just want to like turn turn the other way when something like this happens, uh, that's that's problematic and that's that's part of like that's part of how these uh, systems and workplaces operate. So. You know, yeah, organize, Not organize. Um, and l- like, like I said earlier, their demands are very, very simple. And I'll, I'll even state them it's an end to yeah. arbitrary, mandatory arbitration clauses, um, that basically keep abusers, um, 
protected and limits the ability of victims to seek out restitution. They want the adoption of recruiting, interviewing, and hiring and promotion policies that aim to improve representation at all levels. That includes like being diversity, equity, and inclusion organizations. They want publication of data on relative compensation and promotion rates because a lot of people who deserve promotions aren't getting promotions and they're not being paid the same amount or even anywhere close to what they should be getting paid for the work they do. And then they want to empower a company-wide diversity, equity, and inclusion task force and hire a third-party audit um, of the reporting structure, HR department and executive staff, just to make sure, you know, um, that they can identify the, how the systems have failed and to prevent this kind of harassment happening again in the future and propose solutions to address them. Very simple, very um, important things that any workplace should strive to have. So please do support them if you can. Uh, there's no easy way to transition into an another subject matter, so we're going to crowbar it and move over. By the time you're listening to this, um, you'll have probably seen or know of the Annapurna Interactive Showcase, um, which there are a couple of highlights that we want to touch upon. I'm going to chuck it to Jordan and John Luke because you got to see it ahead of time um, for the main two big main uh, discussion points. Uh, Jordan, do you want to take the first one, which will be, I guess, uh, Wells? Yeah, so the so Outer Wilds is getting an expansion. Very cool for everyone out there who's like, yes, I would like more Outer Wilds. I thought it was very funny. Like during the presentation, like that was like uh, intro the trailer and they're like, for those of you who have beaten Outer Wilds, you might be wondering based on what the story for this game is, both how and why would we make an expansion to this? And then they just are kind of silent. They're like, that, that's a good question. And they just don't explain it. And the trailer for this expansion, which is called The Echoes of Eye, is just as confusing. Like, I would love to tell you, I'm like, ah, the trailer is probably hinting at this. Like, I've seen the trailer several times now. I'm even watching it right now. And I'm like, I have no idea what any of this means. Looks really cool. Looks super uh, atmospheric. Couldn't tell you at all what narrative spin or mechanics you're possibly going to be doing in this. We'll find out fairly soon. The expansion's coming out September uh, 28th. But yeah, it looks cool. Like if you like Outer Wilds, I assume you'll like the expansion as well. I don't know how they can possibly continue the story based on how that game ends. But uh, I guess we'll find out. <laughs> of course, we are going to clarify the common mistake. This is out of wilds, the kind of time loop based uh, space exploration game that was a major game of the year contender in the year that it was out. Not out of worlds, the other very good but very different Fallout esque RPG. So we're talking about. <laughs> Do y'all remember Rob the giving land. the really impassioned speech for Outer Wilds during Game of the Year discussion? But he kept saying Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds instead of Outer and Wilds. Everyone was like, I... "What fucking game are you playing, Rob?" <laughs> oh my god, I I remember how fucking difficult those discussions were. Not because like the like both games are great and we're trying to fight for both of them, but also like. What the fuck are y'all talking about? <laughs> are you sure you're talking about the right one? Because <laughs> both of them go to space. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, that's that's super exciting, and it's kind of given me incentive to go back and get back into Outer Wilds because I played it for like maybe an hour. I got into space, reversed into the sun, and then uh, like stopped my first time, and then the second time I on to, went onto a planet that had like hurricanes constantly and it was turning upside down. And I was like, I'm getting motion sick out of this. So I'm gonna come back to this when yeah. I'm feeling a bit better. And I didn't mm. get back to it, but I do want to get my favorite fact about it is it's fucking bankrupt. That game is funded or like the team behind it. Um, it's got involvement from Masi Oko, who played Hiro Nakamura in Heroes, which is a huge, huge. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, right. that he's involved in that game. And it's like wild. Uh, amazing. Um, but yeah. Uh, and the other major thing, Jean-Luc? The other major thing was Stray. Oh, the, uh, kitty. Adorable game where you play as a little stray kitty. Uh, oh. They showed gameplay for, I think, the first time, right? And I want to say, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. One thing I didn't realize was the game takes place in like a dystopian, like cyberpunk city, kind Wait, of. There are no people. Like, uh, it's like all robots, right? Like, yeah. It's like there's robots and like everything is like really like desolate and grungy and you go from like uh like alleyways covered in graffiti but then later on there's like areas that are flooded or like covered in like uh like everything's covered in like grass kind of reminded me of like the last of us so i was like what is going on in this uh world but i think it's it looks so good i mean oh. you're just you're playing as this little tiny kitty and you're you know it, it, it the trailer has this good progression where at the beginning it's like basic platforming you know you're jumping from like Mm -hmm. uh area to area there's a part where like they're eating like food out of a fridge i don't know if there's like some sort of food mechanic or if that's just like a moment uh but i'm like oh you gotta they're hungry and you gotta make sure the cat is hungry um but but then yeah eventually transitions to like there are these like robot people at like a bar and then you get into like actual, um, like like combat stuff. Yeah, where, for lack not, of a better term, I, it's combat. Yeah, <laughs> like the, you're being attacked by these enemies that I wasn't sure what they were. They're like, they kind of look like slugs, like, kind of. Yeah, or like guinea pigs, but they kind of got like a head crabby sort of vibe. I wasn't. I don't care. Sure what Anything they were, that tries to attack a t- cat is going to fucking die a horrible death. Yeah, yeah, Big facts. absolutely. Yeah. I say, John um, Luke, did you find it weird? Like so many people, we saw the announcement for Stray, and we're like, oh, the cat has a little backpack that's so cute. And then in this gameplay trailer, it's like, oh, it's not a backpack. <laughs> it's a little drone that the cat finds yeah. named like Biko or something. And through the drone, like the cat unlocks not only combat abilities, but since the drone knows how to speak cat and speak like robot it will translate allowing you to like talk yeah. to people i'm like what this is i was wild. like what <laughs> yeah and the drone's got this like uv light that you could use to destroy the like swarm of creatures and i was like this is way more involved than i thought it was um i just was like hmm. cute cat running around 10 out of 10 let's go like, all right there's even more going on but uh i am hella intrigued i am i am so in on this yeah, like I'm um, pumped for I, it, it's yeah. such a great premise sadly it it's looks not coming out this year the trailer and oh, saying that it's coming out early 2022 so still yeah. soon ish but not mm. this year i keep looking at my cat and thinking would she survive in that kind of scenario um and 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 i i am 100 percent sure that she would not 
be a useful uh, cat I, in that scenario. She would. <laughs> I feel. Oh, I feel the exact same way. She, about my, my cat. cat. <laughs> Both my oh. cats, or one of my cats, the one in my current room currently now, she is an eat sleep cat, which means she eats and then goes to sleep <laughs> and then she wakes up and eats. Oh, and so cute. She is. She is the smartest mm -hmm. cat I've ever met, but. She's clearly smart, but she chooses to be mad ignorant constantly. Like she's doing <laughs> insane shit. She'll be like, yeah, I could go over there, but I think I'd rather just sit here and throw up. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> for fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, uh, no. those, those are exciting, exciting announcements. Of course, we've got a full breakdown of the Annapurna Interactive Showcase on GameSpot.com. So if you want to see the other um, announcements and other cool reveals from that event, um, make sure to go head over to the site and you can check it out there. And then our final uh, bit of uh, news is the Halo Technical, Halo Infinite Multiplayer Technical preview has by now should be going live. Um, in this document, mm -hmm. it says Jean Luc didn't get in. Which uh, I think did I, John Luc. I'm, not, I'm John totally <laughs> not salty about it. Uh, yeah, I got in. <laughs> You got I'm excited. In? Yeah, I got in. Yeah, baby. They were like, we I've gotta been, have time in here. I've been These in gamers. all the flights for for the Master Chief Collection. I'm up Stein. I've been a loyal, <laughs> a loyal customer. Three four three. Where's the respect? John Luke has been GameSpot's Halo boy. Yeah, I Where think is the uh, on. I think on our team, it's me, Chris, and wait, you didn't get in. What me? Wait, well, yeah, you should you should be in because I'm not in. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I did not get in. Yeah, same. That doesn't make sense. I don't sense. think many of us did. It's like because, a uh, bunch uh, of people okay. on the video team got in, but I did not get in, and I'm sitting here like, you're Mr. Halo yeah. Boy. I, yeah. I, I, I and I immediately <laughs> went. I checked multiple times to make sure that my my Halo Insider information was up to date. My email was verified. I should be good. Okay, that's very strange. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Damn, know some people. Right. Damn, I know Master. I know, like I know, know Master Chief. Oh, okay. But cool. anyway, um, so if you are um, listening to this, keep an eye out for some Halo stuff over the weekend. You know, if you're not in the beta, maybe you'll see some people putting up videos or something. Um, I don't know if they're allowed to do that, but you know, it's not going to stop most people. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's the big news. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna opt to skip the uh, listener questions portion of the um, uh, podcast this week because we have run a bit long. But all that means is we'll store it up for a, for another uh, episode, the next episode where we have more questions. So if you want to send us a question, you can email us at afterdarkpodcast at gamespot.com or you can join our wholesome Discord. To get into the Discord, you need to DM either myself or Lucy James. We will run a quick background check and make sure that you're not a weirdo or a wrong'un that's going to upset the delicate balance of our beautiful, beautiful safe zone Discord. And then if you pass the test, we'll let you in. Um... And you can also go into the uh, Games for After Dark section of that Discord and submit questions. So let us know if you want in. Uh, Jean-Luc, what have you been up to and uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Jean-Luc Seipke. I have uh, mostly been doing some behind-the-scenes stuff with um, streams and whatnot. I have been... I didn't talk about it this week, but I've been getting back into Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, but I not enough that I had anything like to say. But like that's my I'm 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 gonna try and 
I'm gonna try and make some videos happen. Yeah. Seems like it seems like an interesting game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you Don't should check it out, no Michael. It's you. You might like it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm gonna try and you Who know knows? maybe in the future gonna try and make some Final Fantasy 14 videos uh, to hype 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 things I've up. Been, I've been I've been I've been I've been trying to I've been trying to convince people for two years to to do that, and uh, now finally the time has come. Finally, now's the time. Yeah. Uh, Jordan. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at JMRamay. I've mostly just been uh, posting some uh, original reports to GameSpot. If you're interested in things like Grid Legends, Spiritfarer, uh, AC, Valhalla, Apex, I got stuff for those uh, that have just gone up and a few things coming out. So just be on the lookout for that. Mm-hmm. Michael. Yo, you can find me and all of my bullshit on Twitter at Michael P. Hyam. Uh, you can keep up with my uh, with my struggle to stay alive on Earth. And then also, uh, by this time, you should probably check out my Neo, The World Ends With You review, which will be up by the time this podcast is up as well. And uh, i got some Final Fantasy XIV content rolling. So uh, you know what I'm saying? Really if you wanna, if you, the the, the hot, hottest game on the block, I've been saying for years at this point ben jake has been saying for more years than i've been than i've been saying <laughs> now's our time to finally show y'all that this game is something that y'all should have been kept keeping up with so um uh, be on the lookout for that and that's that on that you can find me at tomorrow h on twitter or i'm streaming on twitch at tomorrow h as well um and i'm doing a bunch of things uh uh in and around uh both games for and giant bomb um, so, if you wanna if you wanna check out some video stuff, you can go to Giant Bomb and check out um, Born to Run, um, and maybe you'll also be seeing another show soon. Mm. Ooh, these mm. nuts! Yeah. Oh damn! Oh my um, god! Oh. Otherwise, yeah. We almost made it through the episode. I, I do we have. Almost no, made it through the I episode. won't let it happen. No. <laughs> there, there was a person who uh, uh, brought up a. A, a, a uh, statement about all, all of our uh, D's nuts jokes. Uh, was it? Was it? Who was it? And were they saying, "Please stop"? Um, let me see if I can find it. No, you can go on Tamo. I'll try and find it. Yeah. So you can you can find me at all those <laughs> places. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I am just uh, kind of helping out content in the back end. You know, for now. Content. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a content man. Director of content. I direct it, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Jean-Luc, you found this thing? What's going on? Oh, here, man? no, I didn't find it. Oh, no. Did they get rid of it? Yeah. Oh, they hate to see you. This will just be a tease for the next episode. Yeah, I mean, if, if it was, if it was, if, uh, if you are the writer of this comment and you were like, please stop, we're here to tell to, you. To, to, to sum up, they basically said that they <laughs> they didn't understand it. They didn't really get it. Uh, oh, is it American thing? Like, uh, I feel like it's an urban, or I feel like it's like it's an urban thing. Then, like you, you do you. So uh, they they didn't get it, but they it. get oh, yeah, our blessing. Yeah, uh, yeah. To you can understand these nuts. I think I, I, <laughs> I had. Uh, I just want to say that these nuts means a lot to me because it was uh, the first time I really connected with my, with my neighborhood back in third grade when uh, a good friend Samuel told me a, like the best these nuts joke in line for lunch in yeah in third grade mm-hmm. and I. I've never been the same since. So, Samuel, if you're listening, I don't know where you are anymore, but okay, thank fa- you. Shouts out to I you, found dog. It. it says, uh, this is from um, uh, to- uh, Toto Ten. 
I don't mm-hmm. have, uh, on our Discord, and they said, I love you guys and the podcast, but to be honest, I don't get the D's nuts jokes. Cultural differences, maybe, but if it makes you guys happy, by all means, continue. Thank you. And we appreciate it. Makes that. Me happy. It yeah. makes it makes us mm-hmm. happy. These nuts makes us happy. Maybe next episode I can I can like have uh, I can like do a, a history yeah. of like yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Also, our, our wonderful mod, um, Serious Business, aka Maria, said, uh, I do feel like we should have some uh, D's ovaries for uh, to balance things oh, out. Oh, yeah. So, you know what? Yeah. Hey. Let's bring hey, it in. Listen. I'm down. I'm down. Uh, let's get it. We'll, we'll start implementing that from next week. See you, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Peace.